Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, October 4th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen each day. Today, we are going to break down an exciting victory for the New York Jets as they defeated the Tennessee Titans yesterday, 27-24 in overtime. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, we have not gotten to do many recaps of Jets victories in the history of this podcast. And even many of the victories we have recapped were not that special because you had games like the two the Jets won last year where all they really were doing was hurting their draft positioning or a bunch of the games down the stretch in 2019 where, yeah, the Jets were winning, but it was really them being less bad than the opposition. We've not gotten to do many victory shows about games that were genuinely exciting and games that the Jets genuinely were the better team. And I think that's what happened yesterday. As I mentioned, the Jets beat the Tennessee Titans 27-24 to in overtime. One of the most exciting Jets games I can remember, at least in recent seasons. And man, did this team need a win. After last week's starting the season 0-3, looking so bad in Denver off a 2-14 season, it was a rough week in this Jets fan base. I was kind of taken aback by how upset people were. But the team responded and got the first victory of the Robert Sala era and the Zach Wilson era. So let's talk about what happened. And the offense once again got off to a very slow start in this game. In fact, the first half, the offense looked just as bad as it had through the first three weeks. The Jets came out, went three and out, only gained three yards. And then the defense did not do a great job on the first series. The Titans put together a 12-play drive that ends in a field goal, and the Jets blew two golden opportunities to get off the field. On a third and 21, they allowed a check down to a running back to pick up 27 yards. There were missed tackles, bad angles along the way, and yes, a missed call. Quincy, Quincy Williams got blocked in the back. There was no flag thrown. Fortunately, the defense did respond, but not after they blew another opportunity because... They got a third down stop, but it got wiped off because of an offside penalty on Bryce Huff. So that continued the drive. Jets would have gotten off the field, but eventually they did get a stop and forced a field goal. It was 3 nothing Tennessee. Offense, again, did very little. I had to punt the ball back quickly. Defense allowed another 11-play drive, but again, got the stop in the red zone when they needed it. And forced Tennessee to settle for another field goal. Then the Jets come out, and there's an interception. And it's not really anybody's fault. Zach Wilson threw the ball where it should have gone. Corey Davis just slipped. 0% Zach Wilson's fault. And I don't know if you can really blame Corey Davis for slipping, but the Titans get an interception. They get the ball in Jets territory. The the drive begins at the 32-yard line. And this is a spot where the defense does a great job to hold the Titans to a field goal because it, it feels like this game's kind of slipping away at this point. It's 6 nothing. The Jets turn the ball over. Again, a bad break. Not really the type of turnover that's anybody's fault. But if the Titans score a touchdown there, it could begin to feel like this is a long day. But the defense 
stands tall and forces a field goal attempt. And maybe that swung momentum a little bit because the Jets came out and put together an 11-play touchdown drive. And for the first time all year, it kind of felt like Michael LaFleur was ahead of the defense, a step ahead of the defense. I mean, there was the screen game broke out. You had an end around to Braxton Berrios that was productive. And it ended on a Michael Carter two-yard touchdown run. Jets are on the board. And then the defense comes out and forces a three and out. And the Titans punt the ball 12 yards. The, the punt is totally shanked. The Jets get the ball at the Tennessee 45-yard line. It's right before halftime. There's three, a little over three minutes left in the half. And you feel like the momentum was really swung. And then the Jets go three and out. And to me, like that's almost like one of those... That's a missed opportunity, and I think I wonder whether it's going to come back to really harm the Jets. Fortunately, the defense keeps the Titans off the board. Uh, the Titans do put together a, a bit of a drive, but the clock runs out, and the Jets are able to get to the locker room. It's 9-7. to seven. They're in the game, and I'm feeling pretty good at halftime, to be honest with you, especially after the way the game began. I feel like you know maybe things are beginning to come together for this team. And the defense does its job early in the third quarter. The teams trade a bunch of punts. And then comes the play that I think really kind of changed the game and really began to spark the offense. And it's a play where Zach Wilson was kind of flushed to his right, and he throws the ball deep, and Keelan Cole makes a, a diving grab, a 54-yard gain. Now the Jets, unfortunately, even though they get to the Tennessee 14, they're in the red zone, they're not able to punch it in, but they do kick a field goal to take the lead. It's their first lead of the season. They're up 10-9. to 9. And this kind of set the tone for the rest of the game because the offense played well, and the offense played well on what were kind of broken plays. And it shows you at this point the kind of quarterback Zach Wilson is. He's very exciting, and if he gets to, he gets to play schoolyard football, suddenly you know this offense is, can be dangerous. Titans, however, get the ball back, and they go right down the field in six plays. And a lot of it was Derrick Henry. He had an 18-yard run, a 9-yard run, a 22-yard run, and then a 1-yard touchdown run. It was a six-play drive. Those were four of the six plays. And this came at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Again, the Jets' defense had been on the field for a long time. I told you about all those early long drives. I told you about the offense struggles that were not giving them breaks. And they had bottled up Derrick Henry really well to that point. And then Tennessee puts together this drive with Henry just pounding them. And I'm starting to think, uh-oh, the defense seems like it's wearing out. And the Titans convert the two-point conversion, so they're up 17-10. to 10. However, the Jets get it back, and they put together another touchdown drive. And again, it's a couple of big plays by Zach Wilson. Notably, I mean, this was, this was the one that, that I thought was the huge play. There was kind of a botched snap. The Jets had the ball in the Tennessee 34-yard line. Wilson picks it up and looks downfield. I'm like, this is going to be a big play because it's a broken play. That's what Zach Wilson does really well. And he hits Jamison Crowder for a 29-yard gain. And I, I knew it was going to happen right then. And then a couple plays later, Wilson hits Crowder for a three-yard touchdown. You know, Adam Archuleta, the announcer, noted Wilson was a little late. He probably should have thrown it earlier, but it did not hurt the Jets. So the Jets are back. The game is tied. And then they force a quick three and out. And on the first play of the next series, Wilson, again, a broken play. He's, he's on the move to the right. He's pointing Corey Davis to break off his route. Davis is going across the field. Wilson points down the field, tells Corey Davis, go long. And he hits him for a 53-yard touchdown. A great catch, by the way. You know, Davis off to a terrible start in this game. I mentioned the play where he slipped that turned into the interception. There was another 
ball that hit him in the hands that he did not come up with. And from that point on, he was great. In fact, on the touchdown drive, the previous touchdown drive where the Jets tied the game, he helped set, set things up by drawing a pass interference that moved the ball 43 yards. And then he catches the touchdown that puts the Jets ahead. And the defense again comes out, get a quick three and out. Unfortunately, the Jets have a three and out of their own. Titans get the ball back with around seven minutes to go, and they drive the ball to the Jets' 20-yard line. However, the Jets' defense gets the stop. Jets get the ball back. There's a little under four minutes left in the game. So this is the four-minute offense. On the first play, the Jets run Braxton Berrios on an end around for six yards. The second play, Michael Carter breaks a 13-yard gain and then makes a really, really smart play because he's running towards the sidelines. Then he cuts it back to the middle of the field. A rookie who understands in this situation, you got to keep the clock moving. You do not want to go out of bounds. Really smart play by Michael Carter. So the Jets are essentially one first down away from winning the game. And it gets to a third and 10, and Wilson misses Corey Davis. Davis is open. If he hits Davis, the clock goes down to the two-minute warning. Jets are out. Uh, Titans are out of timeouts. Jets can take the knee, but Wilson misses the throw, and the Titans get the ball back. And this seemed kind of ominous to me because the Jets had opportunities to put this game away, and they were not taking advantage of them. Titans get the ball back. On the first, the first three plays gained them nothing. And then fourth down, Ryan Tannehill throws an incompletion, but there's a penalty. Jets get called on a pass interference, so that extends the drive again. No pass interference, the game's over. It was a pretty blatant call, though. I have to say, it was a pretty blatant call. The Titans, again, put together a drive, and Jets never get them to a four, another fourth down the rest of the way. In fact, there's only one third down in the rest of the sequence. Um, and eventually the Titans score to send the game to overtime. Touchdown with 19 seconds left. Jets get the ball back. I mean, there's not, not any time, so they take the knee. The Jets then put together a 13-play drive. They look really crisp in overtime. And this may be the one sequence where Zach Wilson played well within the structure of the, of the system because he was hitting passes from the pocket. I should rephrase that because I thought Wilson played a very good game, but most of it was him playing schoolyard football, making exciting big plays. The offense put together a methodical drive where they took over half the overtime period off the clock. It looks like they're about to score a touchdown because they get to the one-yard line, and it's a third and goal from the one, and then Mike LaFleur calls a bootleg with no passing option and Wilson takes a three yard loss. And th- let me tell you something. If the Jets had lost this game or this game in a, in a tie, I'd probably be spending half the show about what an idiotic call that was. That was the stupidest call. I, I was trying to think back situationally. That may have been the stupidest play call. I can remember since Pete Carroll did not give the ball to Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl. Of course, in this situation, the stakes were much lower because it's a week four game. And that was the Super Bowl where Seattle was going for a repeat. But that was the I cannot get over how idiotic that play call was. I, mean, I should just move on because I'm so angry. Like At that point, it was not clear the Jets were going to win the game. This was third and goal from the one. So even if you don't gain any yards on that play, you still can go for it and go for the winning touchdown on fourth down as long as you don't take a loss. And Mike LaFleur dials up a play that is either going to score a touchdown or take a loss. Yeah, I guess Zach Wilson could have thrown it away, but that's not what he's... You know Zach's going to try and beat the beat guys in the open field if he's one-on-one with them. I mean, just... I can't get over how stupid that play call was. What is wrong with Mike LaFleur? You, you gotta, I mean, come on, Mike. Just That, that could have cost the Jets the game. That, that was such a stupid call to take away from virtually guaranteed victory to putting the game in jeopardy. I'm still annoyed with... Uh, this was like I was just like constant. I was just like in my apartment, like venting, like 
angry for, like the rest of the game because I wasn't sure the Jets were going to win it. And that play call could have cost them the game. The Titans got the ball back, so in overtime, the Jets kicked a field goal because Mike LaFleur had to dial up a play that lost three yards instead of giving the Jets a chance to go for it on fourth down. So the Jets settled for a field goal. Thank you, Mike LaFleur. And, of course, the way overtime rules work today in the NFL is that if you have the ball first and you kick a field goal, the other team gets a possession to either tie the game with a field goal or win it with a touchdown. And, unfortunately, it kind of feels like the Jets' defense is a little tired because they just can't get off the field. I mean, Titans have a third and 21, and they're able to pick it up. They, there's a 20-yard pass to Chester Rogers on third down, and then Henry runs for 13 on fourth down. Jets then get the Titans to third and 11, but the Titans pick it up again on a fourth on a fourth and two. Henry picks it up. Quincy Williams makes a really good tackle, but he's just not able to push Henry behind the sticks. The Jets' defense eventually does stand tall. They're aided by a delay of game penalty on a third and five. And there's an incompletion on fourth down. And then former Jet Randy Bullock. It was not the Randy Bullock revenge game because he misses the 49-yard field goal wide left. And the Jets have their first victory of the season, a very exciting victory. This game definitely lived up to Robert Sala's all-gas, no-brake mantra. Now, when you're driving your car, you should definitely use your brake. But when you're filling up your tank with gas, I want you to know about a new app called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making up to two or $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card from Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. GetUpside. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. And today we are breaking down a New York Jets victory. And man, does that feel good to say. The Jets beat the Tennessee Titans yesterday, 27-24 to in overtime. And if we're talking about guys who played well, I think you have to begin at the quarterback position with Zach Wilson. By far, the rookie quarterback's best game in the NFL to date. And now there have only been four, so that's not saying much. But Wilson, I thought, was very impressive, especially in the second half. I felt like this was the first time all year aside from maybe a short stretch against Carolina in the opener, where Wilson was really assertive. He was taking charge of things. And at this point, there are almost two different Zach Wilsons. You see the Zach Wilson who's staying in the pocket, trying to read the defense conventionally, and he looks like a rookie. You know, I don't want to say he looks bad, because rookies are overwhelmed in the NFL at the quarterback position. They're facing defenses that are much more complex. I mean, there, there are looks Wilson has seen in the first four weeks that he's never seen before, which naturally leads to mistakes. I mean, look at across the NFL how all these rookie quarterbacks are struggling, or at least they did the first three weeks of the season. It's natural. That's just what happens. He's going against defenders who are faster. I mean, I think in those first three weeks, you saw some throws Wilson made that would be fine at BYU, but aren't in the NFL. And eventually... Hopefully, eventually, you hope he'll catch up with the speed of the game. Things will move a little bit faster for him. 
It's about learning it, learning how to deal with the NFL. And he, early in this game, was sitting back in the pocket a lot. And that was part of the reason I think the offense was struggling a little bit. But there's another Zach Wilson. And this is the Zach Wilson who made the Jets fall in love with him. And that's Zach Wilson playing what I'll call schoolyard football. When the play breaks down, he figures out ways to make big things happen. And that's the Zach Wilson who was on display in the second half. I talked about that play to Cole, how he got things going. That kind of got the offense moving. There was another big play where he threw it deep to Corey Davis. And Davis drew that pass interference that set up a touchdown. There was the play that was kind of a botched snap. And I said, like, I'm watching this. As Zach picks the ball up, I see, first of all, the important thing is make sure you don't lose possession of the football. So if you have to fall on it, do it. But Zach picks it up cleanly. And you can see he's got time. He can look down the field. And I, I knew at this point a big play's happening because when Zach's not thinking, when Zach's just out there reacting, big things are going to happen. And then, of course, there was the Corey Davis touchdown, which is a thing of beauty. Because Davis, again, I mentioned this when I was describing the game in the first segment. Davis was designed to run to the sidelines. And Wilson pointed them up the field. Zach Wilson, the quarterback, is telling the receiver to break his route because he sees something. So I think as the Jets design these games plans going forward, I want to hear less from Robert Sala about making sure you play it safe. That was what that was the word of the week last week heading into the Denver game off the four-interception performance. Or I think the word was boring. It's okay to be boring. The Jets should not try and make Zach Wilson boring because Zach Wilson is a conventional quarterback right now. He's a work in progress. I don't want to say he's bad. He's a work in progress. He's you know a rookie in the first half of his first season. You're not expecting him to have all the nuances down. You're not expecting him to look like an all-pro. The reason Zach Wilson was drafted second overall was not because he was a master technician within the pocket. It was because of his ability when things break down, his ability to create outside the structure of the play, his ability to make things happen that just you don't think are there. That's what the Jets need to figure out how to channel. It's difficult because if you're saying the quarterback needs to be outside the structure of the play to make big things happen, how do you structure the plays? Well, there are ways you can do it. You know, you, know, you want to get him on the move more. I think that's something that's been kind of lacking, getting Zach on the move, because when Zach's just out there reacting, when he's not forced to think and process, do all this processing, then those are the types of things that every rookie struggles with, almost every rookie. It's not just exclusive to Zach. If you can get him on the move, if you can get him reacting out there, give him the ability to you know, change a receiver's route, point a, point a receiver somewhere else, his, his, his ability to make things happen on the broken play, figure out ways to channel that. This offense can do some things. So that's my takeaway. That's my big takeaway. And I think, again, we saw why Zach was drafted second overall. It wasn't because the Jets thought he was some super efficient guy from the pocket who could manipulate the defense. It was because when things break down, he can get outside and he can throw some amazing passes. That arm is amazing. And his ability to stay calm under the face of pressure. That's what you got. You got to love what you saw from Zach Wilson yesterday. And... Some of the receivers stepped up. I mean, Corey Davis, who has been much maligned in this fan base the last couple of weeks because of plays he did not make, and it was ugly. I mean, I was reading online some of the comments after Corey Davis slipped and caused that interception, and I, I couldn't believe how angry people were with Corey Davis. Listen, that wasn't Zach's fault. You know, I think I think part of it was people were angry that, that Zach Wilson threw an interception that wasn't his fault, and it wasn't Zach's fault, but it wasn't Corey Davis. I mean, I can't blame a player for slipping. And then Davis doesn't catch a ball that hits him in the hands. And it's a little behind him, but 
I think the reason it was behind him was that Zach was trying to try to lead him away from a hit. But that, from that point on, Corey Davis, man, four touchdowns, 111 yards. T- I'm sorry, four catches. No, he did not have four touchdowns. Four catches, 111 yards, a touchdown. And he drew, again, a 43-yard pass interference penalty. And Keelan Cole, three catches for 92 yards. Jamison Crowder returns to the lineup. He has seven catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown, and moved the chains four times. Well, that's exactly what you want. Jamison Crowder is not going to put up huge yards per catch numbers. But he's a guy who's going to be reliable when you need a moderate gain. He's going to be able to work the middle of the field. You know, it's funny. In recent weeks, I've come to appreciate Jamison Crowder more and more for what he's going to bring to this offense. And I think he's, I think getting him back was no small deal. Now, head here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we're going to talk about some of the defensive stars. And the whole defense practically can get a game ball in this one. But the Jets game was not the only exciting game happening yesterday, and the Yankees were playing the final game of their regular season, trying to make the playoffs, which they did on a walk-off single by Aaron Judge. So you may have had the Jets on one TV, the Yankees on another, maybe another NFL game on a device. Well, I want to tell you, if you're in this situation, about a simple way to get all of the entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And if you're looking for a way to celebrate a Jets victory, why not enjoy a delicious Built Bar? There are nine flavors along with the occasional limited time flavor. In fact, this week we have a limited time flavor. It is cookie dough chunk. Doesn't that sound delicious? And not only are these flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. If you do that, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15, it's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built Bar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. Today we are breaking down an exciting victory for the Jets as they defeated the Tennessee Titans 27-24 in overtime yesterday at MetLife Stadium. The first win of the 2021 season for the Jets. Robert Sala's first win as a head coach in the NFL. Zach Wilson's first win as a quarterback in the NFL. Who knows? Maybe we will look back on this as the beginning of a new era. And in our final segment, I'm going to talk about the defense. And I thought it was a tremendous performance by the defense. I know they gave up 24 points. I know they allowed the Titans to score the tying touchdown late in the fourth quarter. I know that they missed some opportunities to end the game in overtime. But the Jets don't win this game without their defense yesterday. They held Derrick Henry in check in the early going. Now, Henry got going. And if you look at the final stat line, he ran for 157 yards on 33 carries. It looks like he had a big game. But they held him in check early. This was not the kind of game the Jets could afford to fall behind by a couple touchdowns in the first half. Because Henry's eventually going to wear you down. He's eventually going to break some big runs. And that's what he did in the fourth quarter of this game. But... The fact the defense held the Titans to field goals early gave the offense time to get going. 
and it gave them time to catch up. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, if we're talking standouts on this defense, I mean, you could go anywhere. I mean, practically everybody played a great game. You can talk about Quinn and Williams with a couple of sacks. You can talk about Bryce Huff a sack and a half. John Franklin Myers, who was drawing the attention of Adam Archuleta, the TV analyst all game, a sack and two tackles for a loss. I thought Sheldon Rankins did a decent job uh, being disruptive on the inside. You talk about the linebackers. C.J. Mosley and Quincy Williams both had monster games. Mosley, 13 tackles a sack. Quincy Williams, 12 tackles. Those guys were flying all over the field. And the corners. We Going into this season, we all question these corners. And listen, I understand that the, Fal- that the uh, Titans don't have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. I almost said the Falcons there, first of all, because thinking Julio Jones, but also the Falcons are the next opponent. Titans did not have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown. But the Jets were able to blitz effectively because the, these corners held up against the backups. And heading into the season, you know something? I don't think a lot of people thought these corners were even good enough to hold up against backups. And they did the job, led by Bryce Hall, who is really starting to look like he's a player for this defense. Not only that, he had a, he had a half sack on a blitz when the Jets sent him once in the second half. Bryce Hall looks like he's turning into a player for this team. You have a couple guys from last year's draft class. They're both named Bryce. Last names both begin with H. Bryce Hall and Bryce Huff, who both look like they're turning into players for this team. The Jets were constantly in Ryan Tannehill's face. Seven sacks in this game, constantly pressuring him. 22 snaps where Tannehill dropped back and was under either under pressure or sacked. I don't think I can say enough about this defense. It's funny because, you know, you look at last week's game against Den- Denver, and a lot of the numbers don't look that bad, but I don't think the defense was good at all in that game. And you look at this week's game, the numbers don't look that great, but I thought the defense played great. I thought the defense was one of the biggest reasons the Jets won this game. And ultimately, when the game was on the line, they did hold the Titans to a field goal attempt. And I, I had a lot of dread when the Titans got the ball back that last time in overtime because a touchdown wins the game for Tennessee at that point. And I'm thinking about all the opportunities the Jets squandered in this game. I always feel like when you miss that many opportunities, it's going to come back to bite you. And the defense eventually, now listen, it wasn't that clean. As we mentioned, there were a couple of situations where they probably should have gotten off the field. You know, when you have a third and 20 and allow the team to convert a first down, that's not great. But ultimately, uh, lots of standout performances from this defense. I mean, listen, there are a couple of guys you can complain about. Nathan Shepard took three bad penalties. There's some guys on offense I could probably call out. But overall, I thought this was a great team effort. We have not gotten many wins in recent seasons for the Jets. And especially after the week they just had, losing so badly to Denver, falling to 0-3, all of the anger in the fan base, much of it was justified. This team really needed a win. You know, heading into this game, I did not feel great about it. Listen, and I think one of our lessons is that I should never pick the Jets again because it seems like I'm wrong every week in these preview shows. I think we do a great, decent job analyzing the matchups, but I'm doing a terrible job making these picks. So I guess the lesson is if I can't pick these games right, then I should just pick the Jets to get blown out every week. But heading into this game, I did not love the Jets' chances, but they stood tall and they showed us. This is not the 2020 team. This is a team that is going to have some growing pains. Listen, there are still going to be some ugly performances ahead for the Jets. It's a young team. It's inconsistent. We, you could talk about all the opportunities they missed to close this game out. That's a sign of a young team to me. I mean, I know you can complain about it if you want to nitpick. You can say that 
they had all these opportunities and didn't close it out. Well, it's a young, inexperienced team. They're still learning. But there was resiliency here, that they overcame all of these missed opportunities. And they figured out a way to get it done. And it's a rebuilding year. There's no question about it. It's a year where there are going to be struggles. There are going to be these growing pains. But ultimately, you see that there is potential for this team down the line. It begins with the quarterback. In many ways, I think this team is kind of a reflection of its young quarterback. Not a finished product, still developing, but lots and lots and lots of potential. And hopefully that will shine through again in the weeks ahead. And even if it doesn't, you can look back in this game and at least see hope for the future. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Hope you have a great Monday, a victory Monday, and we'll be back again tomorrow to talk more Jets.